Welcome to the Coping 19 Limited Series Podcast, a positive look at how entrepreneurs are coping with this COVID-19 pandemic, what they're learning from this situation, and how they're changing their business practices to accommodate this new world. And now here's your host, Jennifer Lee. This is an interesting world we're living in. And if you're like me and getting tired of listening and reading about COVID-19 on social media, on your TV, anything that we have access to, well, you're not alone. And I wanna stress that it is very important to keep yourself up to date on information to do with this very serious situation. However, I just wanna hear more positive stories. I have always been interested in entrepreneurship and how an entrepreneur builds their business and their passion for it from where they started to where they end up. In this time of COVID-19, a lot of entrepreneurs that have built some great businesses here in Vancouver and around the world are stuck being like, what do I do now? How do I keep myself afloat? How do I keep my employees? How do I grow my business? And everyone just keeps rambling in their head and and you're going around and you feel like you're on a ride and, and all of a sudden you have to just stop. We are in 2020 with technology and there's a lot of different ways we could be running our businesses. We are just gonna have to learn to pivot a little faster than we thought we would. Maybe we thought about this before with technology rapidly changing and how do we keep all of our businesses and our ideas fresh and up to date and how we are going to keep our businesses going as things rapidly change. But now this COVID-19 situation is making entrepreneurs freelancers and really anyone that's in a career are really starting to think, how do I keep my job relevant and how do I keep it going for years to come? That's why I wanted to start this limited series because I wanted to dive in and see what people are doing for their jobs during the situation. But not only that, what are they doing to keep themselves entertained, to keep themselves with some sense of normal? And I'm going to be interviewing people that are parents and also running a business and what are they doing to cope? So a little bit about me. I used to be a radio DJ on a few different stations. And the one thing I used to love about being a radio DJ was interacting with the listeners and playing games with them. Because I think games are so special. They create a sense of fun. They uplift people's spirits. And there's a lot of laughter sometimes. And right now I think we could all use some laughter. So that's why at the end of each episode, I'm going to play a little game with each one of my guests to kind of keep the spirits high and people laughing. My first guest today is somebody that I think is super inspiring. She has had an interior design business for over 10 years, which is a huge feat for anyone running a business. 10 years, let's face it, is a long time because a lot of businesses unfortunately fail in the first few years. So it's amazing when somebody gets to 10. And not only that, she also created a new business last year. So now she has two businesses. The first one is Kendall Ansel Interior which I mentioned before. This one will be celebrating its 10th anniversary this year. Her second business she started a year ago on International Women's Day, and it is actually BC's first lead female construction company. So super excited about that, and that is Bell Construction. So let's welcome Kendall to my little show. 
Hi, Kendall. How are you? Not bad today. Not bad. How's it going? Oh, you know, we're all just cruising along. Exactly. No other choice. I'm just still taken back at how many phone calls I've had in the last few weeks. It's so nice to actually talk to people instead of texting because as you can tell i love talking and i love human interaction and because we can't do that right now talking on the phone has been so nice or video chatting whatever people have been doing to stay connected so this is kind of a plus to physical distancing that i'm quite enjoying bringing back that human connection as humans we are connectors so it's kind of nice to use our communication skills some people's might be a little rusty so it's nice to uh, dust them off and get them out of the closet. Anyways, let's get down to it. I just love learning about how people get into the fields that they eventually build their businesses in. So I want to know, how did you develop your passion for construction and interior design and how did you get started? Well, my father was a custom home builder. Growing up, I definitely was part of that world, whether I chose it or not. I was always in construction as a kid. After school, we were the kids that, you know, loaded to my dad's truck and went back to lock up the job sites and make sure they were clean for the next day. And we also owned like an older home that we were always renovating. So I've always done something in my free time that is construction related uh, through my childhood. And then going to post-secondary school after uh, high school, I definitely was like, no construction, no, 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 I'm going to go into something different. And I tried something different, which was accounting, and I was just atrocious at it. I had no passion for it. I think that that's when I started to clue in. Then I went to Kwantlen for some architectural drafting classes, which I did um, very well in, and then went to BCIT to get a little bit more information on interior design because I felt like uh, just doing architectural drafting is kind of like just the beginning of the building process. So I was really curious of what the more decorative um, problem solving with floor plan ideas looked like. So that's I think what sparked my interest in interior design. And then uh, 10 years ago in October, I uh, started my own interior design firm, Kendall Ansel Interiors, and we do full service interior design. And my second business is Bell Construction. We launched Bell Construction on International Women's Day 2019, and we provide renovation services and some small commercial renovation services around the lower mainland. Bell Construction is considered to be BC's first female-led construction company. Why start that company a year ago. Why now? Yeah. So, you know, I think the time of life, 2020 and 2019, the way the world was, was a motivator and, you know, women empowerment being a huge thing. And, you know, 10 years ago, I definitely didn't feel comfortable enough going into the construction world in this way. So I felt finally that I had enough courage to do it in 2019 and really step into something that I'm incredibly comfortable in and doing. I know you're very proactive about encouraging women to join the construction industry and you've actually teamed up with BCIT and the construction program to create a bursary for one lucky lady. 
Yes. So we have created a bursary slash small scholarship with BCIT and we are giving that to one uh, lucky lady who graduates from the construction management program at BCIT. And our goal is to have multiple ones of these in the future. Obviously, we have to start somewhere. So this was a good start and really just supporting BCIT and all that they do for the construction world as well as for wooden trades. The bursary is typically chosen upon graduation of the program. I believe that happens here in the next few months, typically. We had someone chosen last year and, and we actually defer to the teachers to choose that candidate for us. So with so much uncertainty in the world, a lot of people might be looking for different jobs and different careers to enter into when this is all over. And a lot of people coming out of high school right now are probably thinking, oh, what kind of career am I gonna choose that has a lot of opportunity in the the future because some of the traditional career paths that a lot of us might have ventured onto might not be there in full capacity once we're out of this and who knows what they're going to look like down the road. Do you think we'll see a lot more people entering the trades field? I think skilled trades is going to become very valuable in this world, this new, whatever this is. And I think that the curiosity for skilled trades will increase because of this. You know, someone had a skilled trade, they could barter the trade, they could, you know, become an entrepreneur, they could join on a team and be a valuable contributor to that construction team. I definitely see skilled trades becoming uh, an increased thing from this, for sure. I think a lot of people too in the last few years when they're thinking about maybe switching careers or choosing their very first one, they don't realize how many different areas there are in this field. I know when people think of construction, sometimes that's all they think about is a hard hat and a hammer, but there is a lot more to construction and it's a huge industry where a lot of people could find their potential fit if they just take a look at what's out there to be offered. There's a lot of amazing opportunities in trades that people aren't necessarily aware of. I feel like some of these trades, you know, they pay a lot better than um, being in the hospitality industry, starting out your career. So the pay is very fair and, and very good for people. A lot of the companies are now offering a lot more flexibility than they used to for people who have kids or have other responsibilities that they have to take care of. I mean, we're just seeing a booming and building, obviously always in Vancouver. So I think it's a really great place to be and be in the buzz. Um, obviously now with the COVID stuff going on, the construction industry is still operating. And I, you know, I do think that that says something for, you know, this type of industry. I really think that there's just so much opportunity for all people and, you know, kind of now's the time if you are considering going into it. And the statistic now is you can become a skilled trade by the age of 20. Wow, that is an amazing statistic. If I think about my time when I was in my 20s and my path to my career in broadcasting, I started off going to college and then university. And by the time I got my degree, I was probably just entering into my mid-20s. And a lot of my friends that completed their education as well, a lot of them finished mid-20s or depending on what they decided to eventually take in school, a lot of them didn't finish with a degree till they were just 30 or just a little bit before that. So 
to really get the job that you want and finish your schooling at the age of 20 and start on your career journey is amazing because you could be so much further ahead of the pack because you could already start looking for entry-level jobs, get your foot in and start earning money as a skilled trades worker. Another plus is once you work for a bit and you are an expert in your trade, you could definitely start to open up your own business and become an entrepreneur. But that being said, it is very hard to do. A lot of people think being an entrepreneur is easy and they get all the free time in the world when they own their own business. And we know that's not true. So Kendall, what are some positives and negatives about being an entrepreneur? One is that when there's no work, there's no work. I think it's a benefit because we can kind of call our own shots. It is definitely a loaded question because I think there's such great opportunity to be an entrepreneur, but then there's huge downside and stress load that comes when a situation like this arises. And how does COVID-19 affect you as an entrepreneur and you running your business? I think that what's going on right now is something that we all have never really dealt with before. I mean, I think any entrepreneur would say that it's like ebbs and flows. It never is a straight line. And if your business is a straight line, you're you're not working hard enough or you're not doing something right. You know, darker times would include, you know, projects canceling or going sideways with a client, you know, disasters on a job site like floods or whatnot. Those are kind of some of the lower ones kind of without getting into too many details and, you know, our staffing. I mean, we've all, it's all small business problems, no matter what industry you're in. I think I want to grow my new business, but, you know, under these certain circumstances, I'm not able to at this moment. So now is the time, you know, to reflect on a year in business on the construction side. You know, you're dealing with all these new government incentives that they've put into place for small business. So there's there's all that to navigate. So I think that, you know, being in, in business for 10 years makes me probably a bit wiser, but I don't necessarily think it gave me the tools to necessarily deal with what is happening right now. So during self-isolation, I've been trying not to be bored like a lot of people. And one thing that I'm doing is reading a lot about different people or watching Netflix documentaries, which I love. And a lot of them have to do with Walt Disney. He has many documentaries on himself and he's fascinating to me because he failed so many times before he even created Mickey Mouse and became super successful. And he just kept going. And another thing I learned about him was during the Great Depression, Walt Disney decided to produce the first ever full-length animated musical feature, which a lot of people would have been like, not the time to do it. Because as you know, the Great Depression was a catastrophic worldwide economic downturn. It started around 1929 and wasn't really over until 1939. So that was a long period of time. And Walt Disney ended up releasing Snow White in 1937 nearing the end of the Great Depression. It became a big success and still successful to this day. That's really what put Walt Disney on the map was Snow White. Well, and of course, Mickey Mouse. And the other thing about that was the Mickey Mouse adventures were on during the time of the Great Depression and they helped Americans through it. And that kept Walt Disney's business afloat. So I'll be curious to know here in the era of COVID-19, what kind of business ideas are we gonna see emerge out of this? 
especially here in Canada, it was just reported that in Canada alone, there was over 1 million jobs lost in just the month of March. Something that none of us have been able to fathom. So a lot of people as they're stuck at home are gonna be starting to think of different ideas that's going to spark new businesses. Maybe Kendall, you'll be coming up with the next million dollar idea post COVID-19. I mean, maybe. Don't give me that idea in my head. <laughs> One thing that I had a big call yesterday with a whole bunch of people and, you know, we, we concentrate so much on our home offices and how what they look like. So I've done a lot of home office renos over the years and we're always like, oh, the desk has to be so beautiful and this has to be so beautiful. But people are forgetting like what's behind the camera on the other end. You know, it's kind of not related to construction, but I do find that whole concept really interesting. I mean, people have, you know, dirty laundry behind them or an open closet with a bunch of clutter in it. Like, so that's kind of a cute thing that's come from this is I think people are going to be more aware of their surroundings when they are on video call. And I just spoke to a woman before yourself that doesn't think she'll have an office to return to when this is over. I think company culture and company shifting of working from home and being productive at home is really going to change from this. And I think we're going to see a huge shift in where are all the places that people can work and that maybe an, a giant office space is not the best idea. You bring up a great point. I think working from home, we're going to see it more and more even after COVID-19. And I think it's going to just depend on what type of business and if you can do your work at home. And at the end of the day, it's probably going to save the employer more of a headache because if their employees are always late because they're coming from far distances and I have been a traffic helicopter reporter. That was my last job. I flew in a helicopter and I saw how bad the traffic is, especially in the afternoon commute to get home from working downtown all the way to places like Mission and Chilliwack and Maple Ridge and Pitt Meadows. And it's a long time. You're giving up like two hours of your life each day or more, depending on how long the commute takes you. So it's just a lot of time in your car and a lot of gas. And yes, we are seeing cheaper gas prices, but that's because there's a whole bunch of other things going on in the world to do with gas and the fact that we're not driving as much anymore. So the gas prices are lowering, but they're not going to be like that forever once everybody gets onto the road. I think working from home is a good idea if you can accommodate it as an employer. If you need the office space to run your business, totally get that as well. But maybe we can even work on a system that maybe two times a week somebody works from home because in the long run too, it's gonna be better on the environment. So at the end of the day, we just have to come up with creative ideas that's gonna be beneficial for employers, for employees, and like I said, the environment. Going back to your business, you do have a business partner. I wanna ask you this question because I'm always so curious because my family members that run businesses always tell me that you never wanna get involved with friends in business or have a partner in business because it can create so much trouble down the road if you don't see eye to eye. Do you think now though, more than ever during this whole COVID-19 situation that it's a benefit to have a partner? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think being able to share in problems, I mean, there's a saying that goes, a problem shared is a problem halved. And I do believe that is one of the beautiful things about having a partner in business. I think that the one thing that we're learning is to think creatively about what we're going to get up to during this time. My business partner has a bazillion ideas in his head swirling around and I 
was feeling very, uh oh, what are we gonna do? And that's kind of not where my brain went. My brain went to more of a shut off mode, whereas he went into a problem solving mode. And I can kind of see us switching back and forth each week to those different modes. Um, but for me, I'm actually reading a biography right now and I'm trying to just zone out of kind of the media buzz that I'm taking in daily. I always love to know what people are reading. So what is the name of the book? And are you learning anything from it? Thank you for asking. It is Jessica Simpson's biography. Oh. And it's very relevant to my life because it's exactly my kind of high school experience. Like her time period is the same. So it's actually really hilarious to read. I'm not really a, a Jessica Simpson fan, but I was more curious to read her story, which is why I picked it up. Chris laughed my husband at me that this is the only book I've ever pre-ordered. <laughs> like it was like not out yet. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna just pre-order on Amazon. So I like order this book and she, you know, isn't writing really technical words. It's very easy read it. You know, she talks a lot about, you know, Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and this whole like hot time period that is just relevant to that time for me. So it's a good escape book. What I relate to is that her drive and push, like she always knew that she was going to be something bigger than what she was. They, she had a very poor upbringing, but she always knew that she would be in a good place when she was older and had kids. And I think that I relate to that. I feel that I was always meant to be in a bigger place than I was when I was younger. Kendall, you're not only a woman who owns two businesses. You're also a mom. So I know of a lot of my friends that have kids, it's a little bit controversial right now to give them screen time. Some parents are doing it, some parents are not, some parents are limiting how much they can. What are you doing with your kid to kind of keep him busy and keep him occupied during this time? Because he is four and he's not old enough to really know what's going on, but he's old enough to know that things are not how they usually are. What are your tips for other parents? That's a loaded question for a lot of parents. I'm not mom talking a lot. Like I'm not around a lot of moms. So I'm just doing kind of what feels best to me. And I think that that's probably the best answer for all parents. If there is a answer, it's whatever you're most comfortable with. Fraser, he is obsessed with the iPad right now. Like, not that we've given him a lot of time on it, but he just, he's really into it. So I downloaded like a math game for him. So he's basically learning math, I guess, and playing games at the same time. And we're limiting, we actually have a timer. So we just put a timer on, on our phone and as soon as the timer goes off, he's off there. So we're trying to give him a little bit of time in the morning and then a little bit of time in the evening. And he knows that. So as soon as he kind of after dinner and sun is going down, then he goes, mom, it's time for iPad. So he's definitely like getting on the schedule with us. So I'm definitely doing screen time. I think if people aren't, well, that they maybe should think about doing that. It does buy you some kitchen cleanup time and some alone time. And then he have some stations around the house that I've set up. So we have puzzles on our dining room table. We have train, a big train set downstairs, which he plays on. And then there's also, he has some musical instruments down there. So he's kind of doing that right now while we're, you and I are talking. And then he has some things in his room. He has some things in my room. So we're just really trying to kind of spread out the activities in the house. 
And not only do you have a child, you have a husband. And a lot of people are joking online and when I get together on online video chats that the couples that are quarantining together and self-isolating together that it's probably really difficult, especially if you were two professionals and you had your own job, you never really see each other much. What are some things that you guys do to keep sane during this time when you are with each other 24 seven? Yeah, yeah, basically one day at a time. But I've been going for walks in the morning and then encouraging Chris to go out for his own exercise alone. And I think still allowing each other to have our individual activities is kind of the key for what's gonna be okay for us. Um, it's a lot easier for me to look after my son, obviously when my husband is around and we can kind of both do it or, you know, one person and the other person. So um, I think again, we'll just take it one day at a time. And maybe after this, I'm gonna have to go on a very extended alone holiday. I think we're all gonna need a long vacation after this. Social distancing vacations from our family members. So now we're gonna have some fun. Not that we weren't having fun before, but we are gonna play a game. I love playing games. And all we're gonna do is answer some fun questions, of course, themed around COVID-19, but not meant to be offensive. We all need a little bit of laughter in our lives. So the person that I have on during this limited series that answers the most questions correct is gonna get a little prize, maybe some toilet paper, no promises. Love that and I need some, thank you. Okay, enough chit chat, let's get started. What color of Smarty would you be really upset if your son during the quarantine ate all of that specific color in the bowl? Red, obviously. If you're at the grocery till and you have to pick one item that you can buy out of your pile, what would it be out of these items? Two packs of toilet paper, a steak, a jug of milk, a carton of eggs, or a bag of Doritos? Doritos, God, dumb. <laughs> What is the one supply you're low on at this moment? Eggs, just ran out of eggs this morning. If you could choose, who would you want to be quarantined with? Brian Gosling. Annie's hot. Name one thing you like about social distancing. I get to spring clean my house in peace. What series are you binge watching right now? Uh, Housewives of Beverly Hills. Quickly, Kendall, you only have 10 seconds left. After surviving this, what would be the title of your memoir? How to run two businesses while looking after a three-year-old and a man-child. Oh, unfortunately, you're out of time, Kendall, but you did get seven answers to me in a span of a minute. Let's see if the next guest can definitely beat you or not. I'm rooting for everybody. And of course, at the end of this series, I'm gonna give out a prize and it will be exciting. Who knows what it's gonna be? So you're gonna have to wait to find out. Thank you for listening to the Coping 19 Limited Series Podcast. Looking at how entrepreneurs are coping with COVID-19 and how they're changing their businesses to fit this new world.